0: I feel like suicide is one of those topics where I think more people need to talk about it. Um, I feel like it's so healing when I tell my clients you can talk about it. You know, like you don't, like you don't have to be scared because it's it's undoing that aloneness. Yeah, that we all feel because like it's one of those taboo stigma topics that people don't
1: talk about. Night, a show that talks about everything mental health and mental illness related. I am your host, Robin Tamanaha, licensed marriage and family therapist. Joining me on this episode is my guest, Shawnee Liang. She is a licensed clinical social worker in New York City. She is a proud Asian American trauma therapist that specializes in EMDR and psychoanalysis, which helps adolescents and young women with life transitions and overcoming anxiety, depression, and attachment issues that hold them back in life. As a therapist who works with young Asian American women, she has noticed a pattern of perfectionism, pressure to perform, and people-pleasing until burnout and exhaustion. She teaches women to stop feeling small and start taking up space. Hi, Shawnee.
0: Hi, Robin. Good to see
1: you. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for coming back. For our listeners, if you haven't yet listened to the Previous episode with her, um, definitely check that out where we talk about shame and invisibility in Asian Americans. So definitely check out that. And uh, this episode will be a different topic, which I'm very excited about, and it's also something that's um, super important. And that's the topic of of suicide, which has definitely been uh, coming up a lot as a topic in general. I think it's so nice that things are starting to come around, I feel like, with the topic of mental health. And I think partly, um, even the pandemic may have brought to light just this as a discussion more. So, Shani, um, could you tell, you know, the listeners like a little bit about about suicide, maybe even like how that relates to like Asian Americans or BIPOC? Sure. sure.
0: So um, I think suicide is one of those like topics that's uh, very triggering. So I want listeners to, you know, pause, take a break. Definitely, like if you're feeling in your body, like, oh my god, this is too overwhelming. Um, go go out for a walk, you can always come back and finish listening to this another time. Um, so suicide is a, a very dear topic for me, because my first job outside of Um, so I was a social worker first before a therapist my first job was at a suicide hotline uh, but it was a very special place because they only hired licensed uh, clinical uh, um, providers on the hotlines so it's not volunteer work and they trained you really really well and I felt that it was such a nice like first job because I met such amazing people Uh, I'm still friends with a lot of these co-workers who are in private practice and I learned a very like essential skill you know how crisis intervention suicide intervention that I think really prepared me for working with Asian Americans so Robin um last week I saw an article um online saying that Asian Americans are the highest racial groups in America for suicidal rates from 15 to 24.
1: Yeah. And so for, um, you know, for the listeners too, like I always kind of go through this, you know, us being, you know, API therapists too. I think for me, a big thing is like the cultural lens of that. So, like for someone who is like API, like what would be like kind of the signs or warning signs like for API that they may be going down that road or that there may be some like suicidal ideation happening? What would it look like?
0: Um, yeah. So, one of the most common signs like I remember assessing and I still assess now is. You know, first of all, I think it's very important for listeners to know there's a difference between thinking about suicide and actually having plans. Thinking about it uh, doesn't mean you're in complete danger. It's only when you have a plan and you can't stop yourself from doing it. um, That's when you're considered active or that... You should tell your therapist or tell friends to kind of help you. But one of the, I think one of the common symptoms that I hear from callers when I've, you know, started my career was that they're in a lot of pain, you know, and there's no way of getting out. Um, you know, whether it is uh, a situation where um, they have cancer, they're going to, you know, or the poverty, you You know, it's like some circumstance or maybe trauma. They went through very intense childhood trauma and they, you know, their personality changed. There's a lot of triggers. Anyway, their list of causes are so long. um, But I think in general is a feeling of hopelessness, uh, lack sense of purpose and just constant rumination of it's almost, suicide almost became kind of like a coping skill for people to just like, okay, this is a way, this is like my last, last backup plan to get away from this life or this reality, this, this situation that I can't
1: get out. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that, Um. not really seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. No
0: light, there's no yeah. light at all, yeah.
1: And then what is around or what is happening maybe um things that they feel down about, um, or maybe aren't, you know, a certain way that they would like kind of that defeating, feeling defeated.
0: Yes. Um, you know what's really interesting? Um, I was watching this Netflix special with um Dion Cole. Um, he's the guy that actually uh, wrote and helped wrote Blackish. Um it's a great show if you guys um, want to learn more about you know interracial kids like growing up and what's that like uh, but anyways he was joking how you know people are killing themselves because and you know I, my wording might not be correct but but he was just um, the gist of it is that like we need to love ourselves more and I started thinking about that for for a long time is it you know, what is the cause of suicide? You know, this is something that a lot of researchers study, but we haven't really like figured it out. And I thought about that too, like, is it because we don't have enough love for ourselves? And I think it's not not really true. I mean, there's also other factors. Um, There's systematic racism. Um, People are born with in situations of poverty where they can't like socially, economically, get out of. Um, it's not just love. There's also mental illness. There's depression. Um, you know, people are born with, uh, you know, maybe like schizophrenia, depression, bipolar, and that requires a lot of medical care, a lot of therapy, and you can't just love yourself and or pray to God to to, you know, pray away the mental illness. Mm -hmm. but but I just like I really like comedy I like it that's one way I I cope with um like my job my career as a therapist and that I I guess like that that made me really think about it like is loving yourself enough to to not hurt yourself Mm -hmm. I mean there I think I want to know like what do you think as well Robin
1: like (laughs) when it so for depression like depression bipolar disorder because that's like kind of my passion. Um, it's a symptom, you know, and I think, um, and there are times, you know, where someone may feel, uh, depressed or there are times where they may have like those passive thoughts of like, what if I just went to sleep and not wake up, or wouldn't it be better if I wasn't around, Mm -hmm. you know? And so part of it too, is like, can you be compassionate towards yourself even though you're experiencing this, you know, sometimes there is that, like, I want this to go away, want this to go away. Um, But at least, at least within the case of like, depression, and um, especially bipolar disorder, being that it's episodic, sometimes that's like a part of the episode, you know, and I think for me, you know, at least as a clinician, it becomes like, at what point is it, like you said, like, is there an intent? Is there, you know, a plan, you know, and that's, is it more active or is it more passive? I think for me, it's very much trying to have it managed so that it, it doesn't become in the active realm. And then what we can do so that it doesn't get there kind of a little bit more prevention in a way. Um, But, you know, going to what you said too, about, these other factors, there are many, there's like, you know, the racism, I know the pandemic, it was just when it came to just sadness in general, and even anxiety um, things were so all over the place that how could somebody not feel like this loss of purpose or that things are just like unpredictable or where do I go? Like, how do I see a way out of this? So um, I agree. And that it is so much more of like, you know, just, um, just loving yourself. Like I think, if it was, if it was that easy, you know, then maybe um, that that's kind of minimizing. I think, in a way, the other the other factors that make that compound the whole thing, you know. And what, I think what we know about like depression or even you know suicide, when we look back, is. Um, there's more, there's a lot of layers to it in how someone may kind of get to that point, rather than it's just this one particular thing. Sometimes it's a series of events. And I think those series of events or those, those signs were things along the way. So for me, it's like, let's identify those things along the way as they're happening. So maybe it doesn't get to that point. You know, yeah. but kind does that kind of make sense? I don't know if that made sense.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. And I it was really nice to kind of like hear um, your perspective of it. You know, there's many causes. I love what you said, you know, seeing it as like a symptom, um, instead of seeing it as a problem, you know, like, oh, okay, this is like a warning sign that like, um, my, my friend or my, um, my partner or my client is in this stage. And, you know, like, seeing as that's where she or he's at and like how I can help help Mm -hmm. them instead of seeing it as a problem I you know like I feel like suicide is one of those topics where I think more people need to talk about it um I feel like it's so healing when I tell my clients you can talk about it you know like you don't like you don't have to be scared because it's it's undoing that aloneness yeah that we all feel because like, it's one of those taboo stigma topics that people don't talk about, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's preventable. I remember my professor um, and if she's listening, it's professor Irene Chung. She's one of the uh, person I looked up to. I was about to quit social work, but but she was the one that like got me to stay because I looked up to her. And anyway, she was uh, sharing this story um, about how she was. She does a. She actually wrote a book about suicide and Asian Americans. Really great book. Um, but she studied it, and she said that most of the time, people that want to die, it's a fleeting moment. And this man that she interviewed, um, as he jumped out, um, he survived. He's a jumper. He jumped out. Um, as he jumped out, he realized and very quickly that he didn't want to die mm-hmm. and he survived after the interview so so like i think it's important for the listeners to also know that if you are suicidal like that might come and go and might pass and sometimes you just need to not be alone and have a friend or just have like
1: a distraction mm-hmm. whenever i have um because i hear i mean this is i wish it was more openly talked about so that we could, you know, minimize that aloneness. And, and this is a topic, like I talk about, like literally every week, you know, just the population that I serve. And when it first comes up, I always like really validate my clients for talking about it, because this is not easy. And two, Mm -hmm. empowering them in like, okay, you identify like something doesn't feel right. And, and, and you're like now taking a look at it. Like this is a sign. You know, I think of it like as an alert, kind of like when you're, a light goes off in your car, like, hey, this is happening, you know, pay attention to me. Let's kind of delve in to see what's happening here. I always say like, you know, that it's amazing that somebody had um, given themselves that, like kind of just really out of curiosity um, and, and looking at it and talking about it because if it's not talked about it, it's hard to know. It's hard to do something with it. You know what I mean? And I think when yeah. someone is in there and alone with it um, part of their, part of it is rumination. So then you're just to by yourself and your like thoughts are spiraling. I mean, it's, it's a slippery slope and it literally just snowballs. Um, that jumper person that you mentioned, I have a book and I'm wondering if it was this, this is the same person mentioned um, there was a story, and he's like a mental health advocate now. His name's Kevin Hines, and he wrote a book called Crack Not Broken. He was also on that documentary about the Golden Gate Bridge. He jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and was one of the few people to survive and tell the story. And he talked about that. As soon as he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, he immediately regretted it. And and he talked about his experience and what it did to his body. What's and that's his a name, Robin? Kevin Hines. Kevin Hines. Um, I highly encourage, you know, you were the listeners too, to check out the book cause he talks about his, his full experience with mental health and then kind of what led up to him, you know, um, jumping and then surviving it. And now he's a huge advocate. And, um, I, and now I believe they did install a net on the, on the bridge so that if someone does jump, like, um, you know, it, they, they, I don't know how far they would have to jump out, but they would, um, just fall into the net. But this was way before that. And so, but he talked about that. He's like, I immediately regretted it, but I couldn't do anything about it because I was already falling. And then the whole thing with trying to be, having to be rescued from the water. I mean, it was this whole ordeal. Um, and so I think that is very common it, it and it can be fleeting, um, but that there is help along the way so that it doesn't have to get to that point. But I do think, um, yeah, either an extremely empathetic, supportive, friend or the probably the best route is somebody who you know like mental health professional like therapist um who is very comfortable in talking about this and probably has more of that as like um like their specialty like mood disorder type of things or like you you know you have experience with um with working at the crisis line i'm i'm curious about the the um the suicide hotline can you tell me like what that was like for you? Did you have any particular um, experiences with somebody in particular on the phone that like really just like kind of stuck with you or made like an impact or? Yeah, sure. But before I I said that, uh, before I go there, I just want to
0: say like real quick, I listened to one of your podcasts and you said, I didn't even know therapy was an option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just thinking like to the listeners that are listening, listening they probably have this like uh einstein moment like light bulbs light up they're like oh i didn't know talking about suicide is an option and that i can get help for it mm-hmm. and i just thought that would be like so cool if someone's listening right now and dealt with suicidal thoughts that oh i'm not alone and there's actually help and professionals that and it's it's not like the end of the world to have these thoughts it, it, it's just a symptom But yeah, my, I think my, uh, my story with, um, working in the suicide helpline, it's, it's a real special like story to me because actually I was going through depression. I graduated from my school in social work and I couldn't find a job. I couldn't find a job. I was very depressed and, um, I, I started doing like a work. Workshop with immigrants in the library and I came across making resources for them and one of them like came up was this hotline and I said why not just apply so I, I reached out to the t- director and it went all the way down and I got the interview and in in the like when I came in to it I was like am I gonna regret this like this sounds like a really, really hard job, but, um, I get about six to eight calls a day. Um, some of them are frequent callers. Um, so they've been called, they call like every day, uh, some, some call every hour. Um, so we have like different, different policies for it, but, I uh, It's really supportive because we have, um, I can't say too much, but we we do have like people around us at all times. So if we do have a hard call, we message people. So we're not alone. We're not doing this alone. And we have a very detailed assessment, um, checking the warning signs, symptoms, and we always have follow-up calls and interventions for people to call. Um, I guess like what was my, what's... I guess like the hardest part of that job was there was one time when I did do a follow up call and the caller is like very uh can't disclose too much but we're very young and followed through and I don't like the word committed because it's not a crime um completed maybe
1: Mm
0: -hmm. died like died died, by suicide yeah died by suicide and. I think that was like that one time where I really felt I was felt into deep depression for like two weeks because that is one of the haphazard of our feel. You know, I think about it a lot that um, one day one of my clients or a client I've had might die by suicide and I might end up seeing it in the news and although like we we did our best, you know, like as therapists we did our best, but sometimes it's not preventable. You know, all you can do is do your best, but that's like one of my worst nightmares. I I don't I didn't have direct contact, but I had that first like feeling, that first feeling of of what it's like to lose someone that I knew. And it was horrible because you just think of all these scenarios like, oh, what if what if we did more? What if we sent um, this, this young uh, person uh, to the hospital? And the family was watching 24-7 too. So it's not like the person was alone, you know? And like, you know, every time I hear these stories, it's like, it it's like very it's usually not the people that are like calling for help. It's like they're usually alone in this. And by the time they did it, the family found out and didn't even realize, oh, okay, this person needed help. They were depressed. They were thinking about this. It's like always very shocking.
1: Yeah. That must be really hard. And that sounds hard too, mm-hmm. in that um, at least for this person, they this person was not alone. Um, And yet, you know, it did, it did occur. And that's, that's tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's within that age, 15 to 24, very young.
1: Yeah. I hope um, through this episode and then all the other info out there in the world, although there needs to be more about this topic specifically, um, that people who are in this space You know or are thinking about that um don't feel so alone you know in their struggle Mm -hmm. and that there may be something right at the light the light at the end of the tunnel you know or how to if anything um work through or get through some of this i think especially with the depression Mm -hmm. aspect it is hard, like it's for some, it's that like physical feeling, and then it's the rumination, and then it's this disinterest kind of like slowly kind of pulling back, you know, more and more, um, to where you know they feel, um, completely alone. And like you said, in pain, like that doesn't, and it can be very, very overwhelming, but, um, somehow, um, working with somebody to, I, I'm a, I do like different interventions but like one of them is ACT that's the one that tends to be the winner for especially during this pandemic um Mm -hmm. whereas like interesting even though things are not going the way you would like or maybe it's a diagnosis or particular circumstance or situation or relationship or the end to one whatever it may be Mm -hmm. how can you still live according to your values or in a way that there is some meaning right now in your day or your week and just taking, um, putting one foot in front of the other. I think that, which is very, very hard to do, but um, a big piece, at least what I do is like kind of what are the values? What is the meaning? um, How, how would you like to treat yourself given this particular circumstance or difficulty? Um, having some some anchors, even though it is challenging, and things just may not be going that great for somebody at this moment.
0: Also had this really cute story. Um, this caller, I think, like she she suffers from like depression, and she was sharing how like um, she what's keeping her alive was her like overweight twenty pound cat because like she has to feed the cat, and um, if So surprisingly, actually, animals keep people alive. (laughs) Just having having to uh, feed your cat or your dog.
1: Yeah. It helps with, like, going against some of the risk factors if you have, Mm -hmm. whether it's a human or, in this case, a four-legged family member. You know, (laughs) pets are family. They count, you know. and um, especially dogs who cats and dogs, I mean, that's like, you know, unconditional, they, they, you know, they need you like the, you know, um, so anything that can help the person, you know, stay and like engage in something right now. And if there's a purpose to it, in this case, like a pet, um, I've heard that before too. Like when I do, when I do suicide assessments, sometimes I actually do ask if they have pets, um, that's actually pretty powerful that's, honestly
0: yeah that's what we do in the suicide hotline too we ask of like if they have any things that you know will we call it protect mm-hmm. um, protect i forgot what it's called protector. protective factor yes protective factors um and sometimes like rem- minding them and creating we usually call it a safety plan you know like just writing that down for them so they remember because at the heat of the moment sometimes they forget oh I have a cat I have to feed I can't jump Mm -hmm. down this bridge right now
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) go home and feed her (laughs) last uh last question since we're on that topic real quick um can you describe for the listeners what a safety plan is
0: Oh, sure. So a safety plan is nothing fancy. It's just um, you write down like your warning signs. Uh, You can create it with yourself or you can create it with a a clinician. It's a list of warning signs and also distractions, things you can do by yourself and then people you can call, places you can get for help. So, for example, uh, address of the ER, address of a a hotline number. Um, by the way, if you guys are in New York and listening, um, there's a really great hotline, it's called NYC Well. Uh, you can call and, and at, actually if, if you are suicidal, they have a lot of interventions and even mobile crisis team that can come to your house to do like a visit. And it's usually a social worker or a psychiatrist and they try to connect you to resources. There's also something called a respite center that a lot of people don't know. It's a free resource uh, in New York where instead of staying an inpatient, it's free. You can stay in one of these respite centers as long as you like. All you need is uh, to get the mobile crisis team to write the form for you or your therapist, which takes like five minutes or just a doctor. And you can stay there and there's like free support groups and you get your own room and you can just stay there and chill for a few weeks and many callers have said they have great experiences yeah i'm gonna so put there are a lot of resources out there
1: yeah i'm gonna put that in the show notes the ones you mentioned for new york and also that right. respite and um and two i'll add to you like for the listeners like um and actually for the listeners i'll put i'm gonna find a link for like a um just like a Basic general safety plan uh, for the listeners, if anybody's curious, but you'll see on it, just like Shawnee said, like your, your warning signs, you know, what are their physical sensations, emotions, thoughts, if someone was watching you, what would they notice that may be a warning sign that you're feeling depressed or you're feeling very, very distressed. And then the coping skills mm-hmm. essentially are those things that you can do in the moment by yourself that may help provide a distraction. They don't solve the problem necessarily in what you're experiencing, but it's just so things that don't so things don't get worse. And then also, Shani mentioned the phone numbers, whether it's actually for you know a hotline um, or just people that you could text or go to, whether or not you're talking about anything. For sometimes it's just like. Small talk. Can someone just chat with you on the phone about like the latest reality show, even if it's to just get your mind off of something else? Mm-hmm. So you essentially start with like, okay, here's what I'm feeling now. These are my warning sounds or signs. Now, given what I'm feeling, what's the next thing that might be helpful? Is it an internal coping skill, something I can do on my own? Does somebody else need to be involved, like a friend? Or is it a little more intense where it's like, maybe I'm going to call one of those hotlines or like a warm line, or maybe I need to go somewhere. So you kind of start at the bottom and you work your way up, given um, how you're feeling and the intensity that you're feeling just for that in the moment. And I always tell people to have have a screenshot of it, have it posted somewhere, because in the moment it's kind of hard. So if it's visual, like a visual cue that you see, you're probably more likely to use it. Or if you have a you know a bestie or a roommate or partners or whoever that can point you in that direction if they're like I think you're feeling you yes. know you're kind of different so um so I'll, I'll put in that
0: real in. quick I also want to add to the listeners
1: um, it also
0: might be helpful to have something you know I usually help make it with my clients it's like a survival kit with all the it's just like a kit like a box with like coloring pages. Rocks, uh, pictures of their cat, dog. So it's like within reach. They can just grab it, um, mu- like music they listen to. So it's like, you know, there's like in- instead of an emergency kit, it's like a, su- a suicide survival kit. You can just like grab and it can have like aromatherapy oils, essential oils that
1: you can kind of smell too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, Thanks for doing this and, and being on this is You're um, welcome. such an I important love, topic love coming into your podcast <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I loved having you back so for the listeners um, can you do a plug in for like your website and your you know social media handles if anyone wants to go um, and find out more about you or connect with you after this
0: Sure um, feel free to reach out to me um, at in my Instagram uh, therapy. Shawnee, S-H-A-N-N-I. And also I have a website, therapywithshani.com.
1: Great. I'll put that in the show notes too. We have all these great resources in there. Um, so that way I'll, I'll put it in the show notes that way, you know, people can easily click on it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for doing this.
0: You're welcome. I forgot that this is a podcast. So I was waving at Robin and I, you know,
1: I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. Hopefully this was informative or helpful. If you think this episode may be helpful to others that you know, be sure to share this episode with them. The resources mentioned and the contact information for today's guest are listed in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating. If you would like to stay up to date, please subscribe to this podcast and follow the podcast Instagram at OpenMindNightPod. Also, this podcast is not psychotherapy or counseling. If you need to speak with a professional, you should find one local to you and contact them directly. If this is an emergency, please call your local emergency number or go to your nearest emergency department.